Welcome back to Modern Day Disciples, aka MDD, the podcast where we hear real stories from modern day disciples. My name is Kevin Bernaga. I'm the youth minister at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in San Jose, California. And my name is Ana Fuentes, the youth minister at St. Anthony Parish in San Jose, California. Happy December, dude. Dude, we're in Advent. We are. Oh my gosh, dude. It, it feels like this season like snuck up on us. It did. It, I, this year went by, I think I said this in the last podcast, but the, the year went by so fast. It's crazy to see like the environment and the church change and seeing the Advent wreath. I was like, whoa, whoa, feels like it's too soon. It does. It really does. Well, but, it's strange because Thanksgiving was just last week. I know. Like it was just a week ago and it feels like I was telling my, my teens this. I was like, it feels like Halloween was yesterday and like, whoa, whoa, you're being dramatic. It was like the month of November flashed by in a blink of an eye. Mm. And now we're in, in the heart of Advent, yeah. um, going into our, our second week. And I do you feel ready? I don't feel ready. At the same time, I don't know if I'm preparing adequately, if that makes mm. sense. Like, I don't know. I think I'm just in the in the motion of it, going by it day by day. But um, I think I should really just take some time to sit, meditate, and really pray about. To be intentional. Exactly, to be intentional. I think it's also difficult. I've felt the stresses of the holiday season in the sense of, Yes, it's Christmas. Yes, it's Advent. I mean, I guess it's Advent. We're Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's Advent. It's, it's not Advent. Christmas yet. It's not Christmas yet. Um, but in terms of, of, of shopping and trying to find gifts for people, it's so easy to get caught up in that versus the coming of Jesus Christ. Definitely. It's so easy. And so, I don't know. I, I, I feel a little unsettled, but I, I hope that through this podcast, our conversation can recenter you guys and recenter us ourselves mm-hmm. um, to, to prepare for the true reason for this season. So, Kev, what, is, what has been a highlight of this past week for you? Yeah, so this week, oh, dude. So, a highlight of this past week, I got to go out with Jenny's cousins. Ooh, wait, I've heard about Jenny's cousins. Yes, yeah, so which she talked about on the podcast. I know one of Jenny's cousins, Angelica. Do you know Angelica? Dude, I went to Brazil with her. We went to Are you World serious? Youth Day in, in Brazil. That, that was like maybe t- a two, 20, years? 2014? 2014. Yeah. But it was already Pope Francis. Oh, dude, he was epic. How do you guys know each other? But she went to Santa Clara. She, Dude, she was best friends with the people who lived across from me my freshman year. No way. Yeah, so she came out, like, she she's in New York now, um, and she came out with um, her boyfriend, Nikosi. Oh, Isn't that okay, such a cool okay. name? I think that's such a cool name. Um, and he was such a cool guy, and so we just, uh, you know, he's originally from L.A., and then he he moved to, um, he went up, I think he went to school up here, um, and then they're in New York, and so they came by, and then we just wanted to go out and have some fun um, in downtown Oakland. Everyone was just so awesome to just hang out with and um because you know all all of them are doing their own thing some are in socal some are up here um and angelica's obviously in new york and to get all of them together at, um, at the same time and just have a good time it was a really good, it was really fun so do you feel like you're part of that family now i definitely do oh, i really that's do awesome no i i it, i had a uh, at first it was it's it was really hard because i felt very like that stranger mm. um effect i guess like i felt so like out of the loop i'm like Every time we come to a, a family party, I was always nervous about um, what to talk about or like who am I going to talk to, what I'm going to talk about with them. And I really wanted to like plan it out. And I think I was overthinking it. But um, going out and just having a blast with them, I really, I think. Connected with connected. them in that way. Exactly. How about you, Anna? What's, what's a highlight for this week? So, as you guys know, I was able to spend some time with family for the holidays. And 
this is something we did like when I was a, when I was a kid and we haven't done it um, as a family together. Mm-hmm. Um, we decorated our Christmas tree together. No. And Aww. it was it was something my dad really wanted us to do. And he was talking to my mom about it, but he didn't like he didn't want to bother us. He didn't want. Yeah. He got it in his head that we're too busy. We have we do our own thing now when we come into town um, that we wouldn't want to decorate our Christmas tree. That that's something that he's very, he's a very sentimental person. Mm-hmm. And that's something that means a lot to him. And yeah. so he was talking to my mom about it, wanting to decorate the Christmas tree. And I didn't know this until my sister told me. He's like, hey, dad really wants to decorate the Christmas tree. And you're like okay i was like yeah like that's something i love like Mm -hmm. and i think again his reason for not telling us was he didn't want to bother us but oh my gosh dude it was such a good time like there's something about coming together as a family and it wasn't my my brothers weren't there so it was just my sister my mom my dad and myself and decorating the christmas tree and it felt infinite Mm. it felt like we were kids again just decorating the christmas tree playing christmas music um it was just such a joyful time to come together and we were like dancing and hanging christmas tree ornaments Aww. and it was i don't know it made me f- appreciate my family uh and appreciate not only again like when we talk about advent we talk about coming together um and remembering the the coming of jesus christ mm. but when it comes to christmas and advent is also remembering the importance of spending time with family yeah spending time with the ones that you really care about and appreciating them it's easy to spend time with others and be like, ah, like I wish I could, I wish I could be doing this or I wish I could be doing that. Mm-hmm. But taking the time to be like, no, I'm happy because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. The sacrament of the present moment. Oh, okay, Kev. Very important. Yeah. And it just, it, it, re- it was one of those moments where in the moment itself, it hit me how important mm-hmm. it was that even though my sister and I are in our 20s, we were out living on our own and my parents are in Bakersfield, that we can still t- come together as a family, and that's really important. So it was a good time. That's awesome. I had a very, I mean, yeah. Um, my sister came back from L.A., and then we, we went to buy a tree together. Mm. And so so every year we would, it would be a tradition. Me and my dad and my sister would go pick the tree. And so my sister actually had a place to go to, and so but she made the time to stick around, and she had her friends wait, which I was very grateful for. I was like, mm. wow. Um, because she really wanted to continue the tradition. You know what's funny? Yeah. My sister did the same exact thing. She was supposed to go out with her friends at night, mm-hmm. and she waited so that we could decorate the Christmas tree. Wow. Oh, that's dude. And that's then a- that's yeah. awesome. We got home. We put the My dad put the tree up. My sister left, obviously, but um, it was a really cool moment with my dad mm. because, um, yeah, I just, I, we, I put up, so we, we separated the tasks. I put up, like, the alignment of the Christmas lights on our roof and then we have since we're filipino we have um uh, a parole which is a star like it's a it's a filipino star okay um that we that i think came from the philippines we shipped it like years ago we've been putting it up since we were kids and so my dad he he gets up on like the very top of the roof and he always puts it up and so it was just the two of us and after um he he came down and i'm like wow that was like really fast and he was like yeah good job and he gave me a fist pump or fist bump. and i was like okay dad i see you and it was just one of those times where like i obviously like i could be somewhere else i could be hanging out with with friends but um it's moments like that where i'm like you know I, there, that song where i'm like there's no place i'd rather be mm. it was like moments like that i'm like yeah this is this is something that you know i i'm gonna cherish forever but that's awesome dude thanks for sharing that um do you want to get us started yeah of course in the name of the father son holy spirit 
Amen. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for the opportunity to share in community with one another here, but to also share in community with everyone who listens to this. May our words bring glory to you, Lord. May we have the courage to open our hearts and to be vulnerable. We know that it's the easy choice to to guard our hearts. It's the easy easy choice to to protect ourselves from maybe potentially getting hurt, potentially feeling vulnerable, potentially feeling embarrassed. But we know that when we give it all to you, Lord, that you make all things new, that you make all things work to glorify you, Lord. That no matter what is said on this podcast, even if we feel doubtful or fearful, that you are encouraging us every step of the way. We thank you in a particular way this week for our listeners. We may not always thank them. We may not always recognize uh, their role. But if it weren't for them, Lord, we wouldn't be here. We thank you for rising up uh, wonderful speakers. We pray in a special way for our speaker this week that he may use his testimony, his story to glorify you, Lord, that his his light may shine light into darkness, that his story may bring others closer to you, Lord. We thank you and we ask that you prepare our hearts this Advent season, prepare our hearts to be ready for your son, to be ready for Jesus Christ, and to be intentional in our prayer life this season, Lord. We love you, we thank you, in your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Roll the intro. And we're back with episode 11. Dude. Should we tell them that it's the second to last episode in this season? It is. Oh, you... we just yeah, we just kind of dropped well. that. <laughs> so, guys, it is the second to last episode. We have one more left for this season, but don't you worry, we'll be back season, season two. two. Get it? One more episode, so there'll be twelve episodes. Because 12, 12, 12 disciples. disciples. Get it? Yeah, awesome. It's, it's a joke, <laughs> but, but it's not a joke. It's but real. <laughs> I think we were we were reflecting on it that this this past week that, dude, eleven episodes of about. About an hour each, like roughly. Yeah, they roughly average out to that. If you were to listen from the very first episode all the way to where we are now, it would take up like a whole day. If you drive like from here to San Diego, you could listen to our podcast the whole time and it would fill up that time. Even more so, like maybe even to Mexico. What's been really wild is to see the Spotify raps came out this week. Yes! Exactly, the Spotify wrap-ups of the year. We So for those that don't know, Spotify wrapped is it shows you what you listen to on Spotify throughout the year, whether mm-hmm. that be songs and artists or podcasts. And so many of our friends and listeners shared with us that we were their top podcasts like, for the year. Yeah, like over two, you've listened to 200 and something minutes of, of MDD podcasts. I'm like, what? That's, That's crazy. Amazing. So if you're one of those people that have been like keeping up with us since the beginning, thank you so much. We really appreciate you it's wild too because our podcast hasn't even been out throughout the entire year it so for that to be their top podcast is such an honor and a blessing it really is it blows my mind that you guys continue to listen every week so thank you thank so, you so much. much so without further ado i think we want to get into our guest we do this guy this guy on how did you meet our guest 
You know, you know, what's funny is that I heard so much about this guest before I ever met him. And mm -hmm. to be on the realest real, I was so intimidated. Were you really? Because this guy is one of the veterans of youth ministry in this diocese. Like he is known. He mm -hmm. is known by virtually everyone in this diocese. And I like low key, high key, like, sorry, that's my alarm to pray. If you heard that, <laughs> um, low key, high key, he intimidated me because I thought that he like knew everything about youth ministry and I was coming in as a new youth minister and I was like, whoa, like mm. he's been in this for a while. Like he knows his stuff. But when I finally met him, he's like, I don't know. It was a cool, like I got really close to him during MSDYR. Yeah. And the middle school diocesan youth retreat. Yeah. Last, and last there was, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to share this before he, he gets on because yeah. I know that he'll probably talk about yeah, it and yeah. I want to share it without him. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Please, please. There was this moment where I was, I was kind of going through it and I was literally like, crying like i was okay guys by the way i don't cry all the time just like maybe like maybe like almost all the time <laughs> <laughs> no i was i was i was going through it and i was i was just having a rough time um i was on crutches and it was this whole thing but i came out of the the main gathering hall and he without at, any at words retreat yeah without yeah. any words without even knowing what was wrong knowing what i was going through he saw me crying and he just gave me a hug yeah. and it was the kind of hug that like you get from like a dad, like yeah. the kind of hug where it's like, even if I don't know what's going on, even if I don't know what's bothering you, it's on your heart. Like I love you and I care for you and I'm here for you. Yeah. And that's all I needed. I didn't need him to necessarily know what was going on or know why I was hurting the way I was hurting, mm -hmm. but he was able to communicate that he was there for me in a way that like made me feel like it was actually going to be okay. Yeah. And it just, it meant a lot to me. And that's when I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this dude is special. This dude is so super special, and I, I appreciate him. I appreciate him in my life. How did you meet the, our guest? Oh man, it's it's 2019. I met this guest 10 years ago. No way. 2009. Yeah, 2009. Wait, okay, tell me the story. Um, it was at uh, at the DYR Diocesan Youth Retreat, but back then it was called the Tahoe Retreat. Okay. But it was in the same place, and I kid you not, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for this person. Whoa. I it and they I mean when we introduce them you'll know but they usually come in a pair. Um Yes, and, they do. And so I saw these two people, um, him included, just doing doing their thing. Mm. Um, doing like cheers and just hyping all us all of us up. I was still a participant at the retreat and I remember sitting in the amphitheater at the retreat center and um, the amphitheater overlooks like the beautiful lake and he was down there leading cheers uh, with his counterpart and I turned to the guy next to me Obi I mm. kept talking about him all the time but I turned to Obi and I I said I want to be that guy I want to be down there one day oh. and that's when it be that's when it became a reality for me that you know what like I want I want to be a youth minister I want to be that person to to have a position in the church and a parish and just lead people to Christ by, by my example. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first time that I saw somebody filled with joy and filled with energy. And I looked at him and I said, I want what he has. What does he have that I don't have? You know, that I, I, I want that. And so um, this person's really helped me out with, with so much of my, my vocation journey. I remember those one night that we went over to his house and we just, we had a couple drinks and we were just walking up and down his court and we were talking about vocation. We were talking about 
um, we were talking about life, we were talking about ministry, and that night will forever be ingrained in my mind. And it, it was a really big point in my life, whether he knew it or not. Wow. And so I'm very excited that we have him on. I can't wait for you guys to hear his story uh, because he's an amazing person. Yeah, seriously, I'm so hyped for you guys to be able to hear his witness. And without further ado, I think we want to introduce him. So this week we have Deepu Kochaparambo. Kochupacabra. <laughs> Hi, Deepu. Hey, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I knew I was not going to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> That's why you stopped. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Just say it like you mean it. It's fine. Kuchupakabra. <laughs> I'm sorry to it further inflict wounds upon me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's not it comes from a good place. So, so Deepu Kuchupurambo, uh, he's been a youth minister in our diocese for, uh, he's been working with the youth for about 17 years now. Yeah, he's been involved in youth ministry 17 years. I know some of you listening to this are younger than 17, <laughs> exactly. more than your entire life. He's been doing this. Respect. <laughs> oh, no, it reminds me of actually your first guest, Clarissa, because one time I was talking with her or we were meeting with a couple other people mm-hmm. and she's like, oh yeah, Deepu's one of the classics. And I'm like, classics? That just makes her sound old. Like, like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, like, um, who? Who's he's like a throwback? Like, yeah, <laughs> Elton John, <laughs> classic. <laughs> Phil Collins, classic. Yeah, exactly. So, thanks. my goodness. <laughs> no, of course, it was meant with complete love. Yes, I know. Of course, know. No, no, it's know. just yeah. You've made uh, it. Your your guys's stories are they're too much. I I appreciate it, but thank you. Oh yes. no, of course. I appreciate it, but thank you. Saying thank you, but thank you. Um, and so your official, your official. Kevin, cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cut, cut, done. <laughs> so your official title now, um, what I'm going to deem your official title is, is Catholic influencer, right? Okay, I'll take it. All right. Honestly, it's something that I, I struggle with. Like, so uh, do I talk about? Yeah, it? Yeah, no, okay. please, please do. Um, yeah. So uh, since I started doing more speaking engagements and stuff, I struggle with what to call quote, yourself, quote, call myself, title myself. Hmm. Uh, for some reason, I. Catholic speaker just, I don't know, I don't, for some reason, I don't like the sound of it. It sounds, not to, not, yeah, kind of pretentious. Like, not to insult anybody who calls himself a Catholic speaker, because I know that's kind of what I need to call myself for people to know what, what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, it just sounds weird. And so I went through so many different, like, titles and words and descriptions. And uh, so my new business cards, which I just got for the conference tomorrow, hopefully I'll pass out at least. Two, um, <laughs> get a lot. Uh, Catholic whisperer. So oh. no, it doesn't. <laughs> really? Yes. Wait, that's rad though. I'm a because <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have a special way that you talk and listen to Catholics because they can be very you know. That's true, um, dude. That's cool. Catholic whisperer. Yeah, no, I just did it because I felt like it kind of says in a way that you know, one, I'm Catholic and I have a I have a service to speak to Catholics, mm-hmm. um, but it also kind of is a joke in mm-hmm. a way because Catholic whisper sounds weird. It's like um, the dog so whisperer. Kinda, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what that's kind of what I was going with. And so I was like, okay, so people won't take me too seriously, which is I don't want to be. Like there's mm-hmm. parts of me like I do want to be taken seriously like by the youth when I'm talking to them about Jesus and the of reality of, of it all. Yeah. But I want people to know that like I'm not – I don't take myself seriously. So mm. that's, you know? I feel like that's a good way of explaining it. 
So Deepu, you've been in, in ministry for, for 17 years and now you're a Catholic influencer, you're a Catholic whisperer. Um, how did you, but where did it start? So Ooh. did you, where, where, where did you first come to know our Lord? Uh, this is, this is something I struggle with. Like, so, uh, before I get into that, like yeah. you know, I wanted to share with you guys when you first asked, uh, why the timing was so right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys had talked to me before the podcast went public um, about it. Um, and you said like, hey, we want you to be a speaker. It wasn't really like planned. Like I think you, Anna, you came up to me and you brought Kevin over. He's like, oh, Kevin, is it okay? And he's like, yeah, it's totally okay. And so you had talked about it. It's like, all right, we already have our first one. So you'll be like our second one. And I was like, yeah, sure, totally. Uh, and then I heard nothing. Right? Oh. No, and no, no, it's okay. I'm not trying to make you guys feel I guilty. I totally at all. forgot about that. When, right. when so was this? Uh, at Katie's. Oh, I was at Katie's. Yeah, so I figured backyard. you guys were uh, yeah, yeah, a few yeah. deep. Um, I'm so sorry. No, 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 oh no, no. Please don't be sorry. No, this was this is why it was amazing timing, and I'll okay, tell you why. So okay. that happened. Um, so I'll share this. I I struggle a lot with humility and pride, mm-hmm. um, and so. I like, I always want to be a part of something like, and I'll share about that later when I go into what I've been called to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the first episode happens like, all right, cool. And then the second, it was like, Oh, okay. I thought I was okay. And then like episode after episode and I wasn't going. being like reached out to and I was like, starting to be like, okay, what's what like, and although I can be, I struggle with pride and humility um, I also struggle with insecurities. Mm. And so like starting like question like, okay, they just didn't want me. Were they just saying that? Blah, blah, blah. All those kind of thoughts were going through my head. Um, and then every time I would listen, uh, oh, my heart's like pounding. <laughs> um, the thoughts that always go through my mind uh, when I hear or see uh, somebody who's in front of people or doing something that, um, is really good and amazing. One of the first thoughts I always have is like, why wasn't I asked to do that? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I could do that, or I could do it better. Um, or somebody's like, I wish I could do it that well, you know? Um, and so I was listening to the podcast, those thoughts kept coming up like, oh, I should be a hunter. Like, I could talk about those things, or I want to share, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then I can't remember which podcast. It was, it was, a week or so before Thanksgiving. Uh, and it was as I, it was either as I was listening to the podcast or at some point just after, um, I just kind of realized like how, like I realized it throughout, but I kind of just had this recognition of, wow, these people's stories and their encounters with Christ and their faith. Um, they are way more holy people than I am. And realizing that and being like, I don't deserve to be on this podcast. Like I don't have that. I I personally don't think I have like that strong of a faith compared to them or that holy or those conversion stories. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. Like maybe I'm just, that's not, I, I, I shouldn't be on there. And immediately after, because of my pride, mm-hmm. I thought, huh, maybe that like I needed to get there. And now, like, to, I needed to realize that. And then within the next 24-ish hours, 
you guys texted me asking me to be on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Like legit. And I was like, I even told my wife, I was like, look what happened. Like, <laughs> this is what I thought. And now they're texting me. So I should go. And she was like, I, you can't go at that time. I'm like, okay, I won't go at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was the story I wanted to share with you before. Um, so as far as my uh, encounter with Christ. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can, we, can we pause yeah, for go, a second? Yeah, go for it. Okay, first of all, you, I think, first of all, that's a crazy story in the sense that obviously God was working. Obviously, I yes. mean, you talked about your struggles with with pride and humility, but the timing of that is obviously God's timing. Yeah. And I know Kevin and I have probably maybe talked about this before. Is that we're very intentional about our guests in the sense of we're letting the Spirit lead, and it was never our intention to slight you in that way. I know, and and I I, I think I feel like I I want to apologize. Yeah. Um, you really don't need to, like because it, it honestly, I, was I, yeah, no, totally don't need to. Although you recognize that it wasn't an intentional slight, um, I do think it's important to recognize God's timing in that. Because, again, I completely, it completely slipped my mind. We, okay, I will say this. We have a list of potential guests that Kevin and I, it's a, it's a shared note on iCloud. We share mm -hmm. with each other and we add on potential guests when we feel the spirit so prompts us that we want them on the podcast at least someday. Your name has been like literally number two since the beginning. Yeah. You've always been on that list. You've always been on that list. And so when the spirit prompted us to text you, it was the spirit that, that confirms for us that it was the spirit's God's timing yeah. because your name has been on that list. And yet now is when your time, your time is to be on this podcast. And it, it's crazy. Literally within 24 hours of you being like, all right, no, it's, it's not meant for me. Cause that's the humility of it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. dude. Wow. Thank you for sharing that Thank with us. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the spirit of humility, I forgive you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, we do want to jump into your story, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I always struggle with my, like, again, like hearing other people's stories and their conversion. Um, mm. I always feel like it's an area where I kind of lack in because it, it's, it, ha it, I, there have only been a few times, like three-ish times where I feel, I, or I, I, I felt Christ's presence in a sacrament. Mm. Um, like, so a lot of the guests and a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, I went to adoration, adoration. and I just felt yeah. it. I have never once felt Christ's presence in adoration. Really? Not once. I have asked for it. I have prayed about it. Um, and the closest that I remember coming to it was, was leading a confirmation retreat years ago. I can't remember what year. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were doing adoration and I was there with them and not, in the, I was not in the very back, but towards the back. And I was just like, God, why can't I feel you? Like, I want to feel your presence. And I had this little real realization that. Christ, the Christ presence that I could see at that moment was in the teens I was serving. Wow. Um, so that brought me a little bit of peace, but again, it wasn't like the presence in the Eucharist. Mm. Um, not saying that it's not 
not there. Like, no, no, yeah, I know it is there. I know it's there, but, you're but I've never like feeling. felt. Okay. I've never felt it. Um, and so it's something that I've struggled with uh, for a very long time. Um, and again, only a, a couple of times where I like I felt God. But even though I I know he exists, I believe he exists, I know he exists in the Eucharist. And that whenever I receive him, I'm receiving Jesus fully. Um, so the I, I would say my conversion really started when we were uh, expecting our first child. Um, really? So Yeah, so I had been in ministry for a very long time. So when you saw me, like you were sharing your story, like I want what he has, I like I want that. Yeah. Um I want to have that joy that he has. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I didn't really have it. Like I believed. Yeah. Like there's yeah. never a point in my life where I never like where I was like I don't think God exists. Like I'd go through like a half a second of like what if God doesn't exist? Of course. And we then it would be like yeah, that's ridiculous. God exists. Um, Did you grow up Catholic? Or Yeah, grew up Catholic. Um my yeah, so upbringing was very much like most of the people I knew in church like mm-hmm. was born catholic got baptized went through the sacraments um and all that stuff but From i was both never your parents yeah but so my parents and their parents and i don't know how far back it goes but they grew up catholic um a different actual rite um but still under the within the catholic, catholic church, church yeah. um so yeah i grew up catholic both my parents were very spiritual prayerful people uh they try to raise us in the faith as best they could, but being from a different culture and generation, the way they did it didn't really hit home with all of us. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, we believe, or I'm the only practicing Catholic out of me and my sisters. Um, but How many siblings do you have? Three. Three sisters. Okay. You're the only boy. The only boy. How was that? Uh, for the most part, fine. I mean, I don't like we all. You're not the youngest, are you? No, second youngest. Okay. Uh, we all got along for the most part, or I got along with all of them for the most part. Um, and yeah, so everybody lives in different places now. Do you Um, think you understand women more? I had no problem going and getting tampons and stuff for them at the store. If that's what you're asking, like yeah, no. Anyway, so yeah, I grew up Catholic, all that. Um went through confirmation and it was more of like, yeah, I believe in God, but I didn't really care to go to church. I didn't care to be involved more than I needed to or had to. Mm. Um, so when I graduated from high school, about a year after that, one of my really close friends, uh, who's also Catholic, uh, he came up to me one day and he said, Hey, they're starting a youth group at our church. It's called life teen. Uh, you want to come help out? And I was like, no, straight up, straight up. No. In my mind, I was doing all that I needed to do for my faith, which was going to church. Did you go up a week. here in the Bay Area? Yeah. Morgan Hill. Mm-hmm. So you oh. went to high school here, mm-hmm. very locally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I grew up my whole life uh, here. I was born in uh, at Alexian, which is now regional, regional. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I grew up off of Silver Creek. Wow. Or f- until I was like four-ish, and then we moved to Morgan Hill. Um, so I got, I think I got baptized at Holy Cross or MHG. Holy Cross. One of the two, I think Holy Cross. I can't remember. I got to go back and look. Um, Anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I said no. Uh, 
And I knew the only reason he, w- he was asking me was because he was asked and he said yes. And he didn't want to be the only one his age <laughs> or where he didn't know anybody like, else. Oh, I said yes. Yeah. Who, so who he's like, who can I get? Like, well, I think they asked him, like, do you know anybody else? And so he had asked me because he knew that I went to church every week because my parents mm-hmm. kind of made me. Like, I was in college at that point, but still living at home. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I started off at De Anza and then I transferred to San Jose State. Okay. Oh, nice. Go Spartans. Um, go everyone. Go everyone. <laughs> Oh, by the way, if What's I don't up? get uh, one more time for the people in the back, uh, you got to add it in. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. We, definitely <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said that in a while. I actually. Think you say every that. episode. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do we? Okay. <laughs> At least once, if not more. <laughs> anyway, so he would ask me like over and over again, and I just kept saying, no, I'm good. No, don't need mm-hmm. to. Because um, I, like, I seriously believe that me just going to church once a week was all I needed to do. Like I wasn't really, I didn't have a prayer life. I mean, I, I might've talked to God once in a while, but it really wasn't like consistent or kind of when you needed it. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if I did that when I needed it. I, I it was just very random, very, uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and one week he was just like, dude, just come check out one of the leader meetings. If you don't like it, you don't have to go back. And I was like, fine. Um, and I just really loved it. So this um, is when you were in college? Yeah, first year in college. Okay. That's, so I was never involved in any youth ministry. Whoa. Ever. Wow. Like That's actually super rad. They had, they had, like, I they, mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. super rad in the sense that your conversion kind of happened later. Even like your your involvement in youth ministry happened later. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, but my mom had forced us to be in like choir and stuff growing up, but. What about the meeting did you, did you like? Like that first? Um, the people. The people. The people. That's what really got me. Like, they were just really fun. Like, they wanted to plan this. They were very intentional and wanted, like, they had this strong desire to serve the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, that, but, like, their welcoming of me and just the joy and the laughter that we all had together was just awesome. Wow. Um, what what parish was this at? Uh, St. Catherine's of, St. Catherine of Alexandria in Morgan Hill. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and so... Yeah, so that's what really drew me in, and that's what kept me going. Like, and this is kind of where that I don't know, I I, I don't know, it would be pride or selfishness or whatever. Like, oh, go ahead. I growing up, like I did not care to go to church. Yeah, like I went to the same church mm-hmm. for like m- most of my life, um, and pretty much the interactions I would have would be like the head nod to people that you'd recognize. <laughs> um, and Peace be with it. you though. Well, like, you know, you like you walk in like the, and that would be it. Like I might see some like people I knew from school once in a while and say hi afterwards, but that was pretty much it. So there was, so did they not have a youth ministry or was it something that you just didn't participate in? I believe they did have it at some point. The only thing I was told, I think for my sisters was the only reason people join is to go on the ski trip Uh, that they would have have every year. They used to have ski trips. I know St. Anthony's used to have a ski trip. Yeah. I've heard about it. And I still didn't join. It's not um, allowed anymore because of the restricted activities. I mean, yeah. A lot of rules now. So, yeah. So I never went. Um, I was never interested. Like, I remember in confirmation, one of the other uh, kids was like, oh, like he was going to like help out the following year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're going to help out the following year? That's weird. Like, that was my thought process pretty much all throughout. Um Anyway, so I started helping out, volunteering, and I just really love the people. And I love, like, I started really looking forward to going to Mass. One, they just started having, like, a quote-unquote youth Mass, mm-hmm. uh, the Sunday evening Mass. Uh, so um, 
But because of the community I built with the leaders and with the teens, I was really looking forward to seeing them. So Mass was not at that point and for a very long time about encountering Christ in the Word and the Eucharist. It was about the people. Seeing the people, seeing people who are excited to see me. Mm -hmm. Again, I think that was like more of a prideful thing because I don't know, like I, I, it just made me feel good to be like wanted wanted for Mm -hmm. people to be excited. Um, Like when you walk in, people are like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I you felt like don't you, really yeah. felt like I had a whole lot of that mm-hmm. before. Um, and so I started off just volunteering and I got really into it where um, just as a volunteer for just our youth group on Sunday nights, um, I would plan everything else around that. Like, oh, my sisters are coming in to visit or, oh, hey, there's this barbecue on Sunday or we're doing this event somewhere else traveling. Like, as long as I'm as I'm as long as I'm back on Sunday afternoon evening for mass and life team. Yeah. Um, and so that was my thing for five, six years. And then they asked me to be part time. And I said, no, again, you said no. I said initially. no. Uh, one. Well, huh? I was going to say, what, what was your motivation in saying no? When they when I they don't want to be in charge. I don't like responsibility. Nah. Uh, yeah. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all the youth ministers in the room. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the youth ministers listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I enjoyed like being the one that derailed the meetings and like getting the. Uh, <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> you're <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I, was, Dude, I was. so that guy. But also a huge hypocrite because once I became the person in charge, I hated that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hated, but you know, dislike strong. Yo, but, I, hey. I'm literally the same way with my teens. Like, no offense to them, but like. There were times we okay we we went mini golfing one time. Sorry, just a quick side story. Yeah, we went on. mini golfing one time, and you know when you grow up, you buy the eighteen hole and then you do both sides. Yeah, like, come on. So you don't take your, you don't put your you don't golf the last hole so that you can do the other side. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm I'm not sure if that's the moral thing to do. We should we should pay for that side. And I was like, Are you kidding me? I was your like, kids said that. My teens said that, and I was like. I, I just and then in you're the back, just so proud, but you're like, why? In the back of my mind, I'm like, I just wish you guys would break the rules sometimes, because I was the rule breaker. I was the one growing up. Yeah, I was the troublemaker, and it, it it blows my mind that teens would want to follow the rules and be moral. Don't get me wrong; it's great, it's a wonderful thing. But I was just so caught off guard by it the first time where I was like, they want to follow the rules, like what? And so being in a position of authority, it's like, yeah. At first, you don't want it. Well, yeah, so I, I didn't want to have that. Um, and then, um, so the only way they got me was that they hired, like, so my friend who was still helping out, who invited me, they got him to be like a co-leader. So oh. we, <laughs> so this was a really sweet deal for about two years because we were both paid 11 hours a week to run youth group. And that was it. Oh, wow. Each. I One mean, youth group night. How old were you at this time? Uh, at this time, 24, 28. Okay, so like some nice... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was nice to have, like, but you don't even hear about, like, a volunteer. Like, I mean, you had Elgin and Katrina on here, and they yeah. neither of them get paid yeah. to this thing. And we're, like, and they're Less doing way more work than a youth group does. That's true. Right? Very true. Very true. Um, so that, uh, and then he stopped doing that. Uh, so then it was just me. Um, and then when our, uh, the person who was running confirmation and youth group and like she had a whole bunch of different things under her belt when she retired um i was offered the position 
uh, wow. to run and it would be a new position because it would it would just be youth ministry because she had like hospitality and some other things under her belt and i would just be i would be doing middle school high school confirmation and young adults mm. so what year um, was that 2010 okay okay so you were hired full-time how did that did that change your faith at all or was it still sort of this kind of you knew what to do but it wasn't connecting to your heart maybe yeah, no, I would actually, that's a great way to describe it. Uh, so this entire time, um, I was obviously way more involved in my faith than I had been before um, when I was getting more and more involved in, uh, I mean, sl- very slowly learning a little bit more about what I, uh, what the church taught and what we believed, mm-hmm. uh, mostly just so I could teach the teens what I was supposed to know already. Oh, um, I see. You know, so it was just kind of learning by necessity. Yeah. Uh, still wasn't having any kind of consistent prayer life. Um, and outside of ministry, although any of my friends outside of ministry knew that I worked for the church and that I was Catholic and I was practicing, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't making any different choices. Like I wasn't, you know, those people like, the, you know, they have like that conversion, like, okay, I'm going to try to sin less and try to be a better, better person, per- yeah. better Christian, drive be more Christ-like. Yeah. yeah. I was not doing any of that. Okay. You know, my, my excuse was, oh, I, I, like, I, I serve at the church. I work for the church. Like I'm already doing good enough again that kind of good enough thing i already work for god so you you checked off that box Mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean honestly i had friends who you know they were and they still are like just better people than me even though Mm -hmm. they had absolutely no faith whatsoever like they just left they led better christ-like lives without even knowing christ than i did Mm -hmm. wow um did you realize that at the time no I made an, I, I honestly, I had a, my thought was if my friends know that I work for, and I serve and I'm Catholic and they see me doing all the same stuff they do, mm-hmm. they'll think, oh, I'll be a Catholic too. Cause I can continue doing the same things and living the same life mm-hmm. I'm living. So and you thought that in a, in a way living your sinful life, you were evangelizing. At least that's what you thought at the time. Yeah. Basically that I was basically just like where everybody else was at. So they didn't feel like judged or that like I was better than them or whatever. And I was just like them again, not really like, Oh, I'm going to sin more. I was just like, no, like me being who I've been and they being friends with me, they'll see that, but also see that I'm Catholic and be like, Oh, like, maybe I'll check this thing out. Cause I can still do everything that I've been doing. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I know uh, I've shared this before in talks and stuff that uh, I kind of realized that I never, I don't believe that outside of ministry, I brought a single person to church, like a single person to like, oh, I might want to check this out or, oh, mm-hmm. what is this more about? By just your like life. I, like yeah, how by you how I was living my life, how I was yeah. treating people um, and all that kind of stuff. Because although I wasn't, like, I wouldn't say I was like a horribly bad person, I really wasn't living any type of a virtuous life in mm-hmm. many regards, especially um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, or just, well, in regards to, um, to women. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, this was going on for years and like, so I was really living like that double life, like my youth ministry life. And then my every other hour outside of that kind of thing. Mm. Um, if, if, if you want to dive into this, you can, if you don't, you don't have to, um, what, age were you when you met Beth and like how how did that go if it didn't affect your faith life like how was that how I mean how did she become your wife um, was your so, faith involved or was it not involved at all so uh we met I was about 25 at the time mm-hmm. um when we met and she was involved in ministry also 
Um, and so it, it, it was something that drew me to her was her faith and that I could be comfortable and we can be open and talk about our faith and pray together and all those things. And we could serve together because she was a youth minister, youth minister at St. Lucy's in Campbell. Whoa, I didn't um, know that. I didn't. Was this, she, was a, she was volunteering there um, when she moved out here from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met doing like a joint lock-in uh, overnighter thing. Hey. Um, yeah, she totally flirted with me. <laughs> it's on the podcast, so you can't argue with it. <laughs> if you ever listen to this. Um, you play it just for that part. <laughs> Wait, listen, listen. Listen. There you go. It's public <laughs> record now. So uh, she pursued you. Um... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll say this because at, when it came to dating or pursuing somebody else for an actual mm-hmm. relationship, yeah. I didn't do it. I was very scared, very afraid, and fearful of rejection. Mm-hmm. So I was, I usually never, or I don't know if I ever really was like, hey, do you want to go out on a date? Just like, go up to a girl and ask her somebody that I've been getting to know and be like, Hey, do you want to go on a date mm. or something like that? Like I have a very strong fear of that rejection. So I never really did that. Fortunately she did not. So, uh, yeah, she coordinated things cause she, that's what she does uh, <laughs> to give us an opportunity to encounter each other, uh, on a more personal level. Um, so we, yeah, we started dating and, um, I really felt this was the first girlfriend that I had that I felt absolutely comfortable with being myself. Mm. Like there was nobody else that I dated. I always felt like before I had to like either like not, not share everything or that, um, I don't know that I, I had a not put up a front. Like I was me, but that I had to be really like watchable. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, Again, I think it's part of that insecurity thing. Um, but with her, I never felt that when we were dating. Um, Did you feel that from the moment you met her? Um, Maybe. I don't know. It was like 11 years ago. I can't remember that far. I, uh, <laughs> I have a really bad memory when it comes to a lot of things. So, um, no, I always felt like I was, I, I felt like I was always pretty, like I was very comfortable around her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so probably not going to be on the podcast, but she was the first girlfriend I had where I felt totally comfortable just farting in front of her. I can go on the podcast. <laughs> Fine. I yeah, that was that was something that really told me was like this. No, what, that, this that is good. I think that it camp like encapsulates that, that whole thing so well. Like, that, like it really was because like, yeah, yeah, there was a comfort because with other girlfriends, I felt like oh, I gotta, I gotta let one go. Let me just uh, step out of the room or just try to hold it in. Yeah. Um, and with her, I never felt that way. You're like, hey, safety. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you safety? That? Yeah. <laughs> Doorknobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, okay, so anyways, um, we, yeah, we dated for about a year and a half, and then I proposed to her. Wow. Um, you just knew got, after a year and a half. Yes. There was, there honestly, so this is again where, like, my faith wasn't that strong, um, where because uh, before her I was, you know, I was single, and so I'm a young single man mm-hmm. serving at the church, and a lot of people at the church saw me because I do announcements or whatever. Yeah. And so I got a lot of the, oh, you should be a priest. Oh, you should be a priest. Oh, you mm-hmm. should be a priest. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a priest. I want to have sex. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's basically part of, like, that was a main, like, thing that 
I was like, I don't know if that's for me, but because I didn't have a very strong faith life or prayer life, um, I never really like spent time truly trying to discern, Mm. you know, I, I kind of thought about it. I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Um, and yeah, things with Beth were just going really well. And I felt like, um, she, because of that, really that comfort and how loved I felt by her and how much I loved her, like that, yeah, I, I wanted to marry her and she met my family and they all liked her, you know, and that was something that was pretty important to me was knowing that our, my family would get along with her. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I, like when the question did come up uh, about like, oh, am I supposed to discern, like becoming a priest? I was like, no. And then the weekend I was supposed to, or I was, I had a whole plan to propose to her. We were walking to a restaurant and on the way to the restaurant, one of the streets was called Seminary. <laughs> so you saw a sign. Uh, yes, two <laughs> signs, because another one street was called Brown, and I'm brown. And so I was like, <laughs> the brown one I think came up first, like brown. It's like, oh, I'm brown. Seminary, what? <laughs> and so I, like, that walk to the restaurant for the first part of that, I was like, God, are you really trying to tell me something? Like, is this... It really made I? you, like... Yeah, I was like, question. should I? Should I? And I... And, Hopefully I made the right decision. Like, mm. but I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go through with this. Um, and fast forward years, like over our marriage, we've had, you know, challenges. We've had arguments more than we ever expected. And there were times where I wondered, like, did I make the right choice? Like mm. it was really a struggle. And we've talked about it because she also felt the same way that like we'd have more arguments than either of us expected to have. Um, and she, she also had the same thoughts, like, did I make the right choice? Yeah. Um, but one of the beautiful parts about our faith that I loved was that I knew that her faith was strong in what the church taught and what, especially what it taught about marriage. And I felt the same way that it was more of a, well, we already made these vows. We're sticking to them and we'll work through whatever issues we have, we have, or will have. Um, and so that has helped us like that one helped me a, a huge amount because with my insecurities, if I didn't have that, that knowledge or that like just certainty that she wouldn't think about or like, like wonder if like maybe we should get divorced. Mm -hmm. Like I never wondered like, oh my gosh, is she going to want to divorce me? Because mm. every time we'd have an argument or some, several arguments, I'd be like, I, I know that would be something that would go through my head. Like, is she going to want to have a divorce? Is she going to want to have a divorce? Wow. Whereas I never had had that. I had that confidence because of our faith in the church that divorce is not an option yeah so uh basically my wife and i we got dated we got married um and then we were she was pregnant with our first kid and joshua yeah joshua oh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. no so when she was pregnant um i honestly I can't remember if it was when she was pregnant with him or like right after he was born mm. um i was thinking about all the way, like all the things I wanted him to be or like the characteristics and the virtues, like I wanted him to be honest. I wanted him to be kind, um, to be faith filled, to, um, you know, be compassionate, selfless, like all these, like all just the good things that you want, you know, of your like your parents want their kids to be these great things. Um, and as I was thinking about those things, I realized that I was really not any of those things at that time like I wasn't 
very faith-filled, right? Because I talked about it. I prayed with the teens. Outside of that, I really wasn't doing a whole lot. I had started praying a little bit more, but again, it was very inconsistent. Um, I wasn't very kind to a lot of people. I was not selfless. Like, if I have my food that I'm really excited about, ain't nobody touching it. Like, and if somebody, like, takes some, I get mad. We've gotten better now because usually they're my kids and I have to feed them, apparently. Um, <laughs> Uh, I just realized that and I was like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, I don't yeah. want to be a hypocritical parent. Um, and that's when I really, like, I realized, like, okay, I need to make changes in my life. Like, I really need to start working on who I am so that I'm not just telling my kids how to be, but I'm showing them. Because, mm. um, yeah, and so that's really where, like, it wasn't necessarily an encounter with Christ in a sacrament, but through parenthood is where I found that like I really needed to make those start making those changes and so I started praying more I started trying to be more kind and more selfless and um, all those things and again still working on it um, but that's kind of where that shift in how I was living I, I looking back that's where it was it might have happened other places mm-hmm. um, I'm sure it did but that was kind of like the main one that made me feel like I was changing to set an example for your for your kids, yeah, and I, yeah, I wanted to not just set an example while I'm in front of them, but in, in your, all aspects, in your whole life, right? And so I think that kind of relates to you know you talk asked about like advice for youth ministers, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to be that example in front of them, but we need to be that example regardless of who's around, not yeah. because we have that image, but because we are trying to reflect Christ in our lives. What is that saying that um, character is? Character is what you do when nobody's looking, something like that, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. along those lines. And I think it True was character. it was some sort of Greek philosophy that's like habits. Would you would you repeatedly what, uh, do builds your habits and your habits? Uh, watch you your, it's it's watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your words. Right. Watch your words because they become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. Yeah, so I think that's what it was. Oh, you know, we talked about like the whole feeling Christ. Yeah. Um, and so where I'm at now, like, so I kind of just rode the wave that God was leading me on. Like, I didn't realize this at the time, mm-hmm. but like God was really leading me up to a point when he, I was a working full time at the church um, because I didn't ask to join the ministry. Somebody asked me, right. I didn't ask to become part time. Somebody had asked me and worked to make it happen. I didn't ask to become a full time worker. So, like they, that position got offered to me. Yeah. Um, and so I've always had this desire to be kind of like a speaker or be in front of people. I think a lot of that comes from the pride, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I like I'd always had dreams of like, oh, being some kind of famous person, even though I didn't really work towards any of that. Yeah. That was kind of something that was like, oh, I could totally do that. That would be me um, for selfish reasons, reasons completely. Um, and so. uh I had this like, oh, maybe I could be like those speakers that I see and be in front of like thousands of people or whatever um, and travel and all this stuff. Uh, but because I had been kind of led into where I was, I was like, all right, if Christ, if God wants me to, you know, do this, then it'll just happen. Um, and I got like, you know, I'd get offered like small talks here or there or whatever. Very, very, like it was very rare, very inconsistent. Um, and I was kind of like frustrated with it. I was like, all right, well. Why is that happening? And kind of like forgot about it because had family and kids, so different focuses. Of course. Um, 
but that desire never left. Um, and so I really started to discern it and pray about it. Like, okay, why is like, is this something I should be pursuing? And I realized that God brought me to that point, but he was saying like, this is where I want you to be, but you actually now need to put in some work to get there. I'm not going to bring you there. You need to do the work to get there. Yeah. Um, and I spent almost two years discerning this. Because mm-hmm. I knew how prideful I was and how much I wanted to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. um, that I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't something that I was just willing to happen. Like I was saying, oh yeah, God wants me to do this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it. Like mm-hmm. I really wanted to be something that, like that God actually wanted me to do. Um, and my wife was very frustrated with me because I <laughs> I'd come to her like every like few weeks or every couple months and I'd be like, okay, I got a sign, and she's like, yeah, I know. Like I've known that you're supposed to do this since like when we met, like she knew this about me Wow. Um, because like when people would ask like, Oh, you should be a priest. The only reason I wanted to be a priest was so I could give good homilies. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only thing. And I was like, I could do, I could do better than that guy. (laughs) Um, And so she knew from that point, and this was when we were like, again, dating and she knew that this was something I might be called to, Mm -hmm. um, but again, this is being a Catholic whisperer to yes, be specific. A Catholic whisperer. Um, so uh, when, <laughs> yeah, so it took me a long time because I would get signs from God, like through my prayer, through discerning. Um, but I'd always second guess it because I was like, maybe this is just me reading too much into it because it's something I want. And it's not what God wants. So now as a dad in a four, right? Four kids. A dad of four. Yeah. Uh, Malachi God. is how old now? Uh, three months. Oh, three months. So how old are all your three kids? Minutes. Uh, Joshua is six, Annalyn is four and a half, Ezra is two and a half, well, almost, it'll be three in like two months, um, and then Malachi is three months. Wow. Guys, if you're listening to this and you're like older, you have like one of the coolest dads ever. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> if, you, if you ever come back and listen to this. Yeah, like, they actually see me be a dad, so they don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so now stepping into your role as a dad, now that you stepped away from being a formal youth minister um, and supporting Beth in her in her career and stuff. How do you minister to your own children? How do you raise them in the faith? Like, do you do cheers in the living room? <laughs> you lift me up. <laughs> no, I do not. You make me strong. Uh, Josh was like, let's get rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. Uh, but then they'll just give me like, they're going to go to like, a, hopefully at some point they'll do like a youth retreat in the bike. Seriously. I doing this when I was like two. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, I think one of the, I mean, so one of the, we pray before every meal. Um, mm. Do you have them lead prayer? Uh, not yet. We just we kind of just basically do the bless us, O Lord, and these guy gifts. I mean, um, at some point, I want to start adding other ones, like just like or letting them kind of like uh, freeball it. Um, but it's so there's that. Um, it's funny, like so we didn't pray with them at night for a long time because it just wasn't something that I would think about. And most of the time, by the time it was bedtime, I just wanted them to get to bed. Um, <laughs> realities <laughs> yeah and there would be times where i'd be like oh we need, we should pray I'm like oh, i don't want to pray with the kids right now like i just want to go to sleep um, <laughs> and uh but i've i've gotten better it's like no we need to pray and so uh i i one of my greatest fears is because there's there's so many examples I, I don't know how like i guess in reality what it is but it just seems from the media or different stories that like 
those who are the kids of like ministers or Christian pastors or whatever, like they're the ones who are like the biggest rebels and they like turn away from the church. Like my parents were very faithful people and uh, I'm the only practicing Catholic. My, when one of my sisters is uh, practicing in a non-denominational church and the other two don't do anything. Um, like I don't know where they are in their faith, but they don't openly, like they don't consistently practice anything. Um, and so like, I just have this fear that because like my faith in ministry is such a huge part of my life, um, that they're going to reject it. So I try to be very like conscientious of like being, trying to be a better example and being present, um, and doing prayers and things like that, but also trying to be open to their questions and, um, try to encourage them to, you know, live their faith out the way they feel called to not be like, Hey, I really want to like do this type of prayer every day. And, and instead of kind of be like, all right, well, we'll do this prayer once in a while, but if you have a different prayer you want to do later, or you want to pray in a different way, go for it. Hmm. Um, so least, have it be authentic, not just cause they're forced to. Yes. Well, thank you so much Deepu for, for being on our podcast. Finally, finally being here. Um, we're so happy to have you and we're so grateful that, that you were so, like we said throughout this whole thing, but just for the final time, the, your vulnerability is inspiring and, and sharing your story and just that raw, authentic story and um, what you've learned over over your life of, of so far. And just, I think somebody out there will will definitely get something out of it and, and be inspired by it. And I think there's something special about this episode in the sense that it was completely spirit led. Mm -hmm. Like as you shared the timing of when we invited you onto this podcast and how you were feeling about wanting to be on, not being asked and like that whole process, like I'm thankful. Like I thank God that we were able to have you on at this time because I don't know, there, there was something different about it having it at this time versus if we had you on as our second guest, like it would have been a different podcast. And I think God was glorified in the best way through his timing. Yeah. So thank you so much for being such a role model for, for all of us youth ministers in the diocese. And, Amen. Um, and thank you so much for just your brotherhood in Christ, you know, for, for all of us and your friendship. And we really, we love you and we, we wish you the best in, in your Catholic whisper career. <laughs> uh, you're welcome guys. I, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful. We're grateful you guys for too. You. Amen. Amen. So do you want to plug any of your socials? How can people connect with you if they want to? Uh, if people want to connect with me, you can find me at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? It's Home like Depot. Home Depot. Depot. But his, it's Depot. His name is Depot. Is that your Instagram plug? It's everything. It's everything. everything. So at Home Depot on Twitter, at Home Depot on Instagram, at Home Depot on Snapchat. I mean, yeah. Snapchat as well. TikTok. <laughs> no. <laughs> no TikTok. He's like starting today. Yeah. <laughs> People in his room at home with the kids is practicing on TikTok. Let's do it, guys. Yeah, no, so it's funny. Like I started that years ago and then... Um, I also have the website homedepot.com and I was oh, like struggling okay. like, Oh, what do I like? Cause I wanted to have a website for, uh, blogging and then also mm. for people to find me and see videos if they want to hire me for a talk. Of course. Go ahead and hire me for a talk. Um, <laughs> hire him, please. Um, and so I was like, well, what do I use? And then I was like, Oh, why don't I just use Home Depot? Cause I had already had every other handle. Yeah. Be Home Depot, so it's just 
easy to do that way. HomeDepot.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Home yeah, Depot, so if you guys would like to connect with him, uh, you can find him on his social medias. Or if you want to hire this guy for a talk, he can be your Catholic whisperer. Um, HomeDepot.com. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. This has been Modern Day Disciples. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at mddpodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at mddpod. Happy Sunday. And get your booty to to church. Bye. Bye. Oh. You're still here? Is it Monday already? If it is, slide into the DM. That is daily mass. DM, daily mass. Friends. Sorry, Lisa. Okay, bye. Bye.